In today's episode, we discuss the terms disabled, handicapped, and special needs. Which one is the best to use? We also go on a rant about exploiting people with disabilities for your inspiration, which is not cool. No, no, not at all. We also talk about our own personal stories of when we started identifying with these terms. And once again, we end the episode with me talking about Doc Martens. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for more. Welcome to Rare with Flair. Two 20-somethings with the same rare disease out here living our best lives. I'm your host, Casey. And I am your host, Cassandra. I love this because, you know, we were supposed to start the podcast episode <laughs> and it took a little later to start. You want to share with our listeners why we waited? Um, Probably because I like door dashed myself some pints of ice cream. <laughs> Cassandra was like, hold on, can we wait like five minutes? I just door dashed myself two pints of ice cream and I've got to put them in the freezer. And I think... <laughs> I like considering she mentioned in our first episode her love of ice cream. I think that was the best thing I had ever heard all day. It's so, extremely on brand for me. It is extreme and me. Like I feel like I've totally like DoorDash cookies before. So I'm, I don't even worry. Don't even worry about <laughs> it. Um, But anyway, we're excited for today's episode. Just a few housekeeping notes. We are almost halfway to hearing my dog voice on our uh, Apple I cannot wait. (laughs) So if you don't know, um, we we joked around that if we get 100 Apple reviews um, on Apple Podcasts that you can hear my dog voice. And if you are confused by what that even means, just listen to our first episode. Um, Also, plugging our email. Our email is hello at rare. Flair.com. So if you would like to send us a question to answer on the show or just, you know, tell us you like the podcast or any kind of anything, let us know. And then we also have social media. We have a Twitter, a Facebook, and an Instagram. And we're having so much fun on the Twitter and Instagram specifically. Oh my like, goodness. Thanks everyone for like all the engagement, especially yeah. on Twitter. Twitter, wow. we've been like having great conversations that we're even going to mention in this episode. And then Instagram, I'm just really proud of our feed. It's so aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> we can't see well, but we appreciate an aesthetically pleasing feed, everybody. So we're going to dive right in because this episode is a big one. Like we, it's dense. We have so much to say about all of these different topics that we just we gotta jump right in. So I'm a little <laughs> nervous about it. If I'm gonna Same. be honest, yeah, it's it's a big topic. It's a little bit divisive, but you know, we hope that we hope that you guys can understand where we're coming from. And you know, that's sort of my quick disclaimer: is you know, most of what we're gonna be sharing are our opinions. But we will also bring in some facts and definitions, and we're going to be talking about words, okay? Words relating to disabilities and what are do's and don'ts. And so we'll be talking about some of the histories of those words, too, because they, you know, they did start getting used at some point, so. Yeah, and some people might say, like, you know, don't get hung up on terms, but to us, we think words have power and Mm -hmm. they have weight, and... Um, And I think it's important to just try to be a kind human and, you know, use your words wisely. Absolutely. So, Casey, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I will start us off because, okay, Cassandra and I are legally blind and there are a lot of different terms to describe a legally blind person. Here are just a few of them. Blind, legally blind, visually impaired, 
low vision, partially sighted, partially blind, etc. Um, so, so many. As you can see, there are so... And if you're in the UK, registered blind. Or sight impaired. Yeah, sight impaired. Someone on the street once called me hard of seeing. Um, <laughs> as opposed to like hard of hearing. So there are many, many, many different things that you could call us. Right. So first... Let's just start with a couple of them. Let's start with blind and legally blind. And I am referencing a, a publication by the American Foundation of the Blind. I will link it in the show notes. Um, but according to the AFB, in the United States, right, so legally blind is a U.S. term. Legally blind means a visual acuity of 20 over 200 or less in the better seeing eye with best correction. So Casey and I have talked about previously, especially on episode two, um, and that we have best corrected vision of 20 over 200. Yes. And I will hop in and say, we got an email from a listener named David. So thank you so much, David, for emailing us. And he also pointed out that when we did the definition of what legally blind means in, I believe it was either our first or second episode, David pointed out that we forgot to mention that legally blind also includes if your field of vision is 20 degrees or less. And we we forgot, we, we knew that we just, it was a slip of the mind. We forgot to mention it. And so we are sorry. So Right. So the reason legal blindness is a term, and I'm just pretty much going to directly quote this, it's a definition used by the U.S. government to determine eligibility for benefits. So vocational training, disability benefits, low vision devices, and tax exemption programs. So legally blind is more of a legal term than anything else. Right. So... To jump... Yeah, yeah go sorry. Ahead. Well, I was going to jump into what we call ourselves. Yeah. This is a big topic in the blind community for people that, you know, I feel like if you're totally blind, you just use the word blind. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, blind people, totally blind people. But for people with some vision like us, it is a big topic of what do you call yourself? And I, you know, I just read a bunch of those terms earlier. So we actually asked a lot of people on Twitter and got a lot of interesting responses. But we were just going to talk about what we call ourselves Personally, I grew up always hearing visually impaired. That's what I kind of called myself growing up. I also sometimes say legally blind. I feel like there's a time and a place for each term because if you need someone to understand that your vision is very bad, using the the word blind can sometimes be helpful. If you just say visually impaired, people don't know what that means, but people also don't really know what legally blind means either. So you're kind of, you're you're never going to win, actually. Right. And visually, so... Low vision and visually impaired also have their own sort of definitions. So visually impaired is sort of like a categorical thing. It's a general term that describes a wide range of visual function. So apparently they're grouped in moderate, severe, and profound visual impairments. But Mm -hmm. it can start all the way from 20 over 70 to 20 over 1,000 and worse. So every legally blind person is visually impaired, but not every visually impaired person is legally blind. For sure. Right. So And then low vision as a term is like, just to get all the definitions out of the way, it basically means that you can't see well enough to do what you need to do, but it's also very broad. Mm-hmm. So what did you grow up saying or what do you call yourself? I, I definitely grew up saying visually impaired a lot just because... 
I think that that was just the term that we heard a lot, I think, when we were both growing up. Mm-hmm. And now I'll say, like, all kinds of things, and I think it really just depends on the context. Right. If I want someone to understand that I can't see, but I want to do it quickly, <laughs> I, will, I will say, like, I'm blind. Yep. And it's not untrue, but I also just want people to, like, not question it or not have to, like, give everyone the story of my entire life and wh- how my vision works. <laughs> yeah. Well, they understand what blind means. People don't understand what visually impaired mm-hmm. or legally blind or all these things mean. And, you know, and I think Cassandra and I, we could go on a tangent about this for a while, but I think a lot of people whose vision is completely corrected by glasses will still say things like, I'm legally blind without my glasses or I'm visually mm-hmm. impaired. And so it confuses the general public. And, you know, mm-hmm. the term legally blind would not even have to exist if everyone's vision was correctable by glasses. Like, the whole right. point of legally blind, like we said, it's a legal thing. And so I, I think a lot of these eye doctors are telling people you're you're legally blind without your glasses. But what they should be saying is you would be legally blind if glasses could not fix your vision. Right. And that's why everyone is so endlessly confused about me wearing glasses because yes. it doesn't actually correct my vision. <laughs> yes. And that's why I think, you know, to an extent, I feel kind of guilty calling myself blind. Right. Because I can see. I'm not completely mm-hmm. blind. And I would never lie to someone and tell the if, if someone asked, are you completely blind? I would say no. Even if they asked, are you blind? I would explain. Like, I, I mm-hmm. you know, but I agree with you. If I'm at the store and I've got to get something done real quick, I will say, I'm blind. Can you do this for me? You know? Yeah. And there's also, you know, uh, you might see on our Twitter, uh, we got a response from the National Federation of the Blind. And they're big proponents on using the word blind if you fall pretty much anywhere beyond this, like, legal blindness category. And there is a degree of empowerment that comes with it. Like, I think the blind community is is really amazing. They're extremely strong and have, like, gotten a lot of stuff done in terms of legislature and, and disability rights. So so there is something cool about being like, ooh, I get to call myself part of this community. Yeah, and there's some gatekeeping that goes on with the community sometimes. That's, and, that's you know. definitely true. Uh, you know, if you can read print, you can't blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, yeah, the NFB who tweeted us said, you know, if you're if you fall in the spectrum of legally blind to totally blind, you're still in the blind community. You're still part of the team of blindies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I like the term partially blind. I've never used it much, but I think I want to start using it now because I feel like people you're still using the word blind. So it still sounds serious, but it's partially so people know it's not all the way. Yeah. And I think like we were both talking about this and we were both kind of on the same page of like, hmm. Maybe this is something we'll add to our vocabulary just because, you know, we're constantly evolving. Language is constantly evolving. And so why not just, like, see what works best? And and when we say that people don't understand what we mean and we say visually impaired, it's because we've actually told people in real life that we are visually impaired or low vision or, or any one of these terms that are a bit vague and people don't really understand why we're telling them this yeah they just don't get it and yeah yeah i had something else to say and i completely just (laughs) pulled but about partially blind i think that it is a really neat term i may start using also just because i've used partially sighted but i've 
pretty much only used it in blind spaces. So mm. going to conventions with other blind people that most, like many, many of which probably see worse than I can. So I'll pretty much only say that just so that people know that there's someone that can read the room number. But yeah, again, it, it depends the context and we're gonna we're gonna harp on this point but like just ask people what they want to be called if you know someone who has low vision or is visual whatever whatever you want to call it go to our twitter look at the responses we got so many different responses we got blind visually impaired legally blind low vision i mean it was just like it was all over the it was all across the board yeah um so another thing we wanted to to bring up is um we have a rare disease, and we... I'm already laughing. Casey's I'm already laughing. laughing. I'm already laughing. Oh, my God. Okay. Keep it together, <laughs> so We have a rare disease because we'll say, we say this in our little tagline, like, two 20-somethings with the, the same, same rare, rare disease. disease. Okay? Mm-hmm. We do. We do. So, some people don't understand the difference between a rare disease and a condition and we just wanted to take like a a quick minute to explain that difference like that nuance there right um like a, a condition is a state of health so it's like the you know the current state of your health it is a lot less dynamic than disease which according to another source i'll, I'll link into the show notes um it affects the body, it has symptoms, and it can morph over time. So, you know, what we have is a disease. <laughs> yes. Well, I think, you know, we're not calling anybody out. We've gotten actually quite a few people in the albinism community. So, you know, we have albinism, but our type of albinism is called hermansky pudlak syndrome. And, you know, people uh, in the albinism community appreciate if you call albinism a condition and not a disease, because I think albinism already has negative stigma going around it, right? So that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, however, hermansky pudlak syndrome, which is what we have, causes other health issues. It causes a lung disease that can be fatal for some people. It's a very serious disease, and it also has other things, bleeding yeah. and stomach, as you know. So that's why we call it a rare disease, because it's it has a lot more to go with it. But it kind of offends some people, maybe, that we call it that. But that's just what it is. It's, yeah. it's recognized by NORD as a rare disease. Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome is, for many people, degenerative. So unlike albinism, which is a really stable condition... That's why we wanted to, like, clear the air, make that distinction, just right. so people understand. And we're not calling anybody out. We just, we're speaking our truth, yeah. and that's our truth. <laughs> Absolutely. So, now we want to talk about a big word. A big word in our community. Ooh, here we go. This is going to be quite a <laughs> quite a discussion. We're going to it's talk, a lot to unpack. We're going to talk about the word disabled. Um, so, I'll give a brief definition. Um, a disability is a physical or mental condition that limits a person's movements, senses, or activities. In our case, one of our senses is limited, our sight. So, we consider ourselves to be disabled. The world was not built for us. If we go out and we try to read a street sign, we can't see it. Like we, you know, we can't drive. There there are some mm-hmm. activities and things we cannot take part in because we the world was not made for us, which is my definition and most of the world's definition of what a disability is. I think people just think because it has the prefix dis that it's immediately negative, but disabled activists and the disability community 
we're kind of taking back that word as a term of empowerment Mm -hmm. and that, you know, yes, we can't do certain things because the world, like you said, was not made for us. But at the same time, we will we will find other ways to do it and we will do our very, very best to, you know, make it. And whatever that looks like to anybody with a disability, it's so broad and it's the largest minority. Mm-hmm. So, Casey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when did you start, I guess, identifying as disabled? Because it's sort of a connection to a broader community. Right. I think growing up, I never really heard the term disabled around. It wasn't, you know, my parents were very open about my my legal blindness. They were never trying to hide anything from me. Um, I just, as a kid, I just wasn't that aware. And I think, you know, I don't know if this is weird, but growing up, I kind of thought of disability as a wheelchair, you know, like I just had a very narrow minded (laughs) view. Yeah. I had a narrow minded view. And, And then I think also some people think disability means like, I don't know how to say this, but some people think disability means just like, not able to function you're incapacitated yeah 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 and there there are people with severe disabilities who have trouble getting out of bed in the morning and but there's a wide spectrum of us you know that we can Mm -hmm. call ourselves disabled but anyway that's a whole other story so growing up I never really um I guess I I never really identified that way but I also knew that I was disabled at the same time I always knew Mm -hmm. but I just never really said it And then I think when I went to college and I was like signing up for the students with disability services office, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I've got a disability, everybody. (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting. We probably were like not too far in age. But uh, when I was probably 16, there was this local camp that was offered for students with disabilities that wanted to go into a STEM field. And me wanting to go into, like, computer science, I was like, oh, my gosh, sign me up. Like, sounds super cool. And it wasn't until, like, it was such an amazing camp, and it was an amazing experience. Um, And they had sessions about STEM and other, and then, like, life stuff. But it was sort of in that, you know, kind of preparing us for college, telling us about disability services and and how to manage our time because it was a wide range of people there um I just it kind of just hit me one day while I was there I was like oh my gosh I'm disabled too and I felt (laughs) kind of a release because the same as you my parents didn't hide it from me but it wasn't necessarily something that like got brought up a whole lot yeah so especially when you need to advocate for yourself like beyond Uh, high school and formal education like you need to sometimes explain to people like yes I'm disabled but you don't always have to tell them like oh I'm blind like so having that as a term is kind of helpful so here's where we're gonna get fun and we're gonna start off by talking about things that are inappropriate and or offensive to say to people with disabilities of various kinds (laughs) yes yes Um, We will start off with a more obvious word that is very offensive, and I hope none of our listeners are using it. Um, So, you know, I'll start off just by saying, of course, most people know the word retarded is not um, okay to say. And I'm taking something from the um, 
the Special Olympics website, and we'll, we will link all of this in our show notes. But basically, what they say is mental retardation was what doctors and other professionals used to describe people with intellectual impairment. But today, the R word has become a common word used by society as an insult or for someone or something stupid. Right. And I think people still think it's okay to refer to, to people like that, even though, you know, they kind of preface it was like, well, I mean, I only mean this in, in like the medical sense, but really you should just be saying like cognitive disability or developmental disability. You shouldn't be using the word retarded. Right. And if you're using it to describe something that's that's stupid, get a better vocabulary. That's even worse. <laughs> And I think with all of these terms we're going to talk about, if you have ever accidentally said them or you said them not trying to be mean, you know, we're not over here to yell at you or tell you you're a terrible person. We're just saying just be aware of these things, you know? Yeah. So the next word is really fun because it has a really strange history. But I'm going to talk about the word handicapped. I'm excited. So... Casey doesn't know it because I, I don't even know. Up. I know that apparently the history is very interesting, but I've never actually looked it up. And so I was like, wait for the podcast to tell me, Cassandra. Like, I was like, wait. I've looked this up like a month ago. I was so excited because we knew we had planned doing this episode forever ago and, and now we're finally doing it. But so the word handicapped is interesting because there are two histories for it. There is a real fun one. history fact. <laughs> Sorry. Fun history fact. Fun oh history my gosh. Fact. Bring it back. Yeah, history fun fact. History fun fact. Sorry, that's what it is. History fun fact. So, there's a real history and a fake history. Which one do you want to hear first? <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Let's do fake first and end with the real. Okay. So the fake history of the word handicap is which is why it fell out of favor massively is that after, uh, I'm trying to remember which war. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I don't even know my history fun fact. Um, it's okay. After, like, possibly, like, World War II or World War... Actually, I think it was World War One. One of the wars. <laughs> after World War One, when a lot of veterans came back disabled, people started propagating the myth that the word started to be used as like as a description of cap in hand like handicapped meaning oh. like insinuating begging for money that people with disabilities oh, would goodness. be like that's horrible which is why everyone hated the word so much because that's such a horrible story right and you would automatically want to believe it even in US legislature um in the 90s all of the words handicapped that used to exist that now got replaced with person with a disability, which is like the, the current mostly accepted term. Um, the real history of handicapped is far less exciting. It actually is a really, really old word and it was used to describe a lottery game where people would put like, it's it was called hand and cap. And so people would like throw money in a hat and like, cast lots for stuff it wasn't that exciting okay i don't understand and, what that has to do with someone being disabled but well sure. it then began to be used when horse like in horse racing oh. where they would handicap the fast horse by tying like rocks to its tail so oh. it would slow down so that's sort of where a lot of the term got its usage but 
Um, it really wasn't an offensive term for a really long time. That doesn't mean that you should start saying it right now. No, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't is, <laughs> encourage that. It is still largely unaccepted and honestly it just sounds really antiquated at this point. So it's just worth not saying. Yeah. So, random, random stories. I didn't. That is so interesting. I didn't know any of that. But I, I also didn't know that. I didn't know until a few years ago that people in the disability community really don't like that term. Yep. So. I'm going to talk about a fun old word. Um, so I want to talk about the word albino. Uh, so like I said, Cassandra and I have albinism. It is a lack of pigment in your hair, skin, and eyes. And albino is not a medical term. You know, the medical term is albinism. Albino is a slang term. And um, so how do you, I mean, how do you feel about it? It's a very divisive term in our community. Some people are very offended by it because obviously people have yelled it at them their whole lives in a negative way, so I can understand. But then some people own it and, and take it back and make it our word. And they say, we're albinos, and they say it with pride. So how do you feel about it? I, because I know it is sort of a triggering word for some people, I just tell people not to use it. Mm-hmm. Um but I like I think I'll use it in our own community when like talking to another person with albinism about like you know our community or us or other people in the community will say like albinos but like for other people outside of it to say it it's not generally accepted right well so I'm not I have a pretty decent amount of pigment so yes I'm pale and blonde but you wouldn't look at me on the street and and think I had albinism per se so I never grew up having people use that word in a bullying way to me Mm -hmm. so I can't imagine how hard it must be for some people with albinism to grow up and hear that word in a derogatory way and in a hateful way um so I can't relate to that I I can't speak on that but I agree with you I I try to stay away from it just because it is so so triggering to some people and hurtful to some people but Mm -hmm. in our community at our conferences we joke around like we're a bunch of albinos even with my best friends I'll be like oh because I'm an albino because I am I'm allowed to say it even though I have more pigment I am an albino but at uh, and the only time I'll use it in like a um in normal context is sometimes I'll say to someone I have albinism you know like an albino because they know what that term means people don't know what albinism Mm -hmm. means they know what albino means so if you say I always start off by saying I have albinism but then I'll explain like you know have you heard the term albino before that's what I have you know yeah, and I like like you. I ha- don't have personal beef with the word albino, but um, it's funny though because in our own community, uh, we'll have massive conferences, and so people started coining the term pigmento. Oh yeah, pigmento, <laughs> meaning is a someone thing. with pigments. Yeah, and like we literally only use that in our own spaces. Yeah, <laughs> but it is really it's the anti-albino. Basically, the, the only way we would the only way we would use that is to say like our the people with us. So like our family members without albinism, they'd be like, oh, like your pigmento mom or whatever. That that's kind yeah. of the only way we use that phrase. But yeah. pretty much, yeah. yeah. So the last thing in things that are rude and offensive is. Using disability as an adjective, which is just so odd, but when you when you hear us give examples, you'll know what we mean. For example, um, when p- people like to organize stuff and they're like, oh, I'm so OCD about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not, you know, because what bothers me about that 
is that's not even what OCD is. At least it doesn't cover the wide spectrum of what OCD is. So, you know, yes, there are people with OCD who are very compulsive and obsessive about cleaning, but... OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. So you have obsessions, like obsessive thoughts that lead to compulsions, which can be like rituals. Like if I don't touch that doorknob three times, something bad will happen, that kind of thing. I mean, I may or may not have some personal experience with this. Not going to get into my (laughs) life right now. But let's just say for the sake of time that OCD does not mean, oh, I like to clean my house a lot. Okay. (laughs) So like, let's just not throw around somebody's illness and struggle as like a, oh, I'm a neat freak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's not do it. It just, it really, it really takes away from the identity and the struggle of having this, you know, a, a condition, any condition Um, so other ones I've heard are like when people say like you're acting super autistic, which I don't even understand why you would need to say that in the first place. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, like calling someone like bipolar for having just mood swings. Mood swings. Yeah. That's if you, if you think bipolar means mood swings, I would, I would really urge you to, to, you know, Google bipolar because it's just, that's just not what it is. And most like. Uh, specific terms as far as it goes for mental illness, like schizo and things like that. Just like yeah, <laughs> and like pe- people can say like, oh, you're being too sensitive. But these are people's lives. These are people's illnesses that affect yeah. their lives. And you know, that's like how it bothers us when people with glasses call themselves blind. You know, people that can. Sorry, let me rephrase. People whose vision mm-hmm. can be corrected with glasses. Yeah. I feel like I don't even love when people are just like, oh, I couldn't see that right in front of my face. I'm so blind. And I'm just like, you don't even know the half of it. Like, yeah, come on. I, like, I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to go home and cry about it or I'm mad at them about it. No. It's a, it's a turn of phrase. But at the same time, it does. When you're standing right there and they know you can't see. Because that's, that's the thing is it happens all the time when I'm right there. They'll say that right in front yeah. of me. And I'm not saying you have to like, you, I'm not saying you have to be super picky about your language in front of me. We'll get to that in a second. But I will say just like it is, it is kind of hurtful when you're complaining about your good eyesight right when I'm standing yeah. in the room. <laughs> right. But that's actually leads me perfectly into the next thing is, is I know it kind of sounds like we are um, contradicting ourselves here, but you don't have to get too wild with censoring yourself around us. And what we mean by that is a lot of people will be scared to say like, um, <laughs> like I'll see you later, or like what is it? like get, what's an example of that? Like, like oh, do you want to watch a movie? Or like ah. Oh. I can't believe I said something relating to eyes that is... You can listen to a movie. (laughs) No one says that. It's just a figure of speech. Right. Like, like um, there are some people I know who are totally blind who will say things like, oh, I saw on TV the other day. And they're like, you saw on TV? You know, and it's like, it's a figure of speech. They're not going to say, like, I heard on the TV. I mean, you could say that, but... You're not going to say I went and heard a movie is a better example. Like, you're going to yeah. say I went and saw a movie with my mom. You're not going to say I went and heard a movie with my mom. Like, <laughs> You know, what we were really talking about is, like, don't use entire conditions to, like, you know, make make it a point of what you're saying to really just, like, hit it home because yeah, yeah, exactly. it makes more sense that way. Or, like, when people... 
complain that they're pale and they're like, I'm so albino. And it's like, no, oh, you're not. Yeah, that happens. I'll be, it's so funny because I'll be around people who don't know that I have albinism and they'll be like, oh, I'm such an albino. Yeah. And I'm just standing there like, I actually am. But I don't even say anything. I usually just stay silent. But that is funny. You hear people say, I'm an albino all the time. And I know it's kind of obnoxious. Just don't do that. So, yeah. Like, as we said earlier, disabled is not an offensive term. A lot of people try to skirt around the term disabled, and they'll say things like, you're handicapable instead of handicapped, or you're Oof. differently abled <laughs> instead of disabled. And, you know, there's no need for that. <laughs> yeah. And that leads us into our, our next session. Next section. In- <laughs> ineffective terms and euphemisms and if you don't know what a euphemism is it is just like a nice way of saying something it's like an idiom or an expression to talk about something that is unpleasant some some ones that you probably often use are instead of saying someone died they passed away or instead of someone getting fired they were let go Mm mm-hmm And it's not, like, wrong to use these things. I mean, I say passed away if I feel the moment does not call for me to say they died. You know what I mean? Like, you got to read the room. (laughs) But to say, like, differently abled and handicapable and all that, just say disabled. I know. And I think, like, it. I think people like to say it because it makes them sound, like, woke. Like, oh, I'm really sensitive to people with disabilities. But if you were, you would know... And we don't like it when you say that because it really invalidates our struggle, too. Well, what's so funny is that's the funny part is oftentimes the people using these terms are non-disabled people because they're scared to offend disabled people when really most disabled people are pretty chill with the word disabled. In fact, there's not that many I don't know that aren't. So, well, that's a lie. There are some. But, you know, um, (laughs) those people on the whole. You know, I've met some people who are kind of in denial about their situation in general, but we won't. That is fair. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. But people who who acknowledge what's going on <laughs> in their lives and say, oh, I, I am legally blind. You know, those people don't really mind the word disabled as far as I've seen. So I think oftentimes it's non-disabled people being scared to say what is true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... That it leads us perfectly into something that I think will be a rant. We're going to talk about special needs. Oh, special needs. Oof. What a term. So, I have some fun fun facts about it. History fun fact part two. Um, <laughs> part two. So, so uh, I, of course, like we've always said, I'm going to link this in the show notes. But I found a study. Because Casey and I were talking about... How neither of us really has ever liked the term special needs. I've never, ever liked it ever since my childhood. It never sat right with me. Yeah, and it's not like we, you know, as kids, we're going to correct people that said special needs, but it just didn't feel right. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. It literally kind of makes, it sends a (laughs) shiver down my spine. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of advocates in the disability community are speaking out against it and being like, please stop calling us special needs. And I found a study that was done in 2016, and it was published in the National Institutes of Health, so it's like, it's legit. Um, And basically the point of the study was to give people 
like a story with one part filtered out. So it was explaining like, oh, your roommate who is either disabled or has special needs or, you know, nothing at all. So based on the results of that study, they would rank which one sounded more negative and special needs was overall the one that sounded the most negative in people's minds. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a problem because when people hear that, they don't know what it means, so they automatically assume it's probably something bad. Special needs is way too vague. It's not at all a legal term. In in law, you will always hear disabled or disability when you're talking about Mm -hmm. anything in legal terms. Uh, And it's also now being used as an insult, so people will say like, oh, you're special, or oh, you're special ed. Whereas disabled, if someone said, oh, you're disabled in in a hateful way, it's really not that offensive because that's just what it is like we own that word and we take Mm -hmm. it but yeah it's just way too vague like what does special needs even mean what what needs are are special to you a lot everyone has needs certain special needs like it doesn't mean you're disabled (laughs) and to me like my eyes don't work right and I don't think that that is a need that is special I think that it is just like the lack of functioning of my body. Yeah. Um, I I I do things adaptively, but saying that I have like needs that are special just doesn't make sense. And the reason I also hate it and it makes me cringe is like I feel like when you're a little kid and you're feeling down on yourself for whatever reason, your parents are like, "But you're special, honey. You're unique. You're special." And I feel like. The, the term special, first of all, doesn't even really make sense in this context, but it, it, mm-hmm. it feels to me like it was used by some parent, like trying to make their disabled kid feel better or something like, oh, your needs aren't just needs. They're special needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really, and we, and we don't want that. Um, no. And it's funny because also in this study, in like a lot of the background, um, it kind of goes into who actually uses that term. And most of the time it is parents of kids with disabilities, yeah. but we yeah, would just we yeah. would love it for you to listen to actual disabled adults that say, like, we don't prefer it. It makes us feel kind of pandered to. Yeah, I don't have children. I'll never know, you know, the journey you must go on when you find out your child is disabled. I'm not discrediting any of that. Um, you, you mm, go through, you know, you go through your own journey with that. But... But it reminds me, so, like, my high school website, I had, like, I went to a normal, you know, high school, but I had a few, like, there were teachers there for, like, the kids' disabilities or whatever, and I was looking for one of my teacher's names recently and went on the website, and the section that the disabled teachers are under is called, like, the the area for extraordinary kids, Whoa! <laughs> and I'm like, that's enough. That kind of just reminded me of special needs. Like, you have to make it this like amazing thing. Like, I'm not any more amazing than anybody else. I just have a disability. Yeah. Why are we calling me special and extraordinary? Like, just it also just ugh. like continues to other the disabled community. Yeah, like it really just like pushes us to the side. It's like, well, there's there's regular needs, and then there's special. Mm-hmm. Needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, also a quick note, um, I know that, like, services for students with disabilities, a lot of the time, and in, like, in a university setting, 
for training teachers to provide these services is called special education. For that, there's not a whole lot that we can do about it. Like, that's sort of just what that field of education is called. Um, And it's not, I don't know, it's not per se super talking about the students themselves with disabilities. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can call the field special education. I just wouldn't call the student a special needs student. Like, yeah, I know it's going to happen because that's what the field is called. But it's like it's it's the difference between calling the major in college that and like a person, a special needs person, because that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I wanted to throw in another quick note about um, since we have talked about the word handicapped and that it's not super accepted i just like something that sort of bothered me over the past like couple years is um when people say like the handicapped bathroom stall or the handicapped parking Mm -hmm. first of all that doesn't make sense (laughs) the stall isn't handicapped (laughs) the parking space is also not handicapped so a lot of the signs will actually say that which is probably where people have continued to say it but really the entire term is handicap accessible stall or handicap accessible parking space but really what it is it is accessible and that's the main point is like you know if you see a a wide bathroom stall to accommodate either a wheelchair or people of varying sizes or even mothers with with babies or people with a guide dog oh my god i'm always waiting on the accessible stall (laughs) (laughs) and i think calling it like the handicap parking spot also and and seeing that like the little the little uh universal access symbol of the dude in the wheelchair um really just makes people have ideas or of who should and shouldn't be in those spots because like so many disabilities are invisible um and so if someone has like a, a an accessible permit like do not assume that they're not disabled first. I've seen so many angry posts on Facebook of, like, horrible people that leave, like, these awful notes on people with disabilities' windshields. Yeah, it's so sad. (sighs) Like, just Just because you can walk doesn't mean you don't have a disability. People think, oh, if you can walk, you're fine, but that's not the case. Yeah, it's really not, and, you know... People are always shocked when, like, people stand up out of wheelchairs because, surprise, most of the people that are in wheelchairs are not just paralyzed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, So that also, this whole, you know, the whole episode of Terms leads me into person first versus identity first. So basically that would be a disabled person would be identity first, but a person with a disability would be person first. So uh, people have very, very strong feelings about this. Um, To be completely honest, like if someone called me a girl who's blind or a blind girl, I don't super notice the difference in it. And some people might. And I totally like that's fine if you really, really feel strongly one way or the other. I think just to be safe, I would go with person first. I mean, just, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I mean, there are wide opinions on this. And, of course, we can't make everyone happy. Um, we know some people in the disability community that would like to be known by their identity first. But I don't I don't care personally. But just on the on the side of caution, if you know 
then you might as well just put the person first. So right. just rule of thumb. But really, really, the point we're getting at is you should just ask someone what they would like to be called. Right. I'm going to shout out my friend Diana, who kind of inspired this episode. And she has asked me before, like, okay, what what should I say? And, and what can I say about you? And, you know, I think people think, that, like, oh, that's so awkward. But it's really not. Like, I think you just have to be willing to learn. Right. So, now, now it's rant time. Because we now are going to talk really, about it's really rant time. We've been we've been alluding to this, and maybe you haven't thought that th- these things were rants, but this one will be. Yeah, we're going to talk about a, something that has a very uh, strange term. If you've never heard it before, um, <laughs> but it is the name of the actual term. It is called inspiration porn. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the kind of porn you're thinking about. It's, so get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, please. Um, it was coined by the amazing Stella Young, who was an amazing disability activist. Rest in peace, Stella Young. Yes. But, she has a TED Talk. Go check it out. She explains it better than we could. Basically, inspiration porn is idealizing people with disabilities as, like, this golden standard or, like, something to behold that, you know, you should stop being super lazy in your lives and, like, if that disabled person can do something, then so should you. Yes, like, some examples of this is you'll see videos where an able-bodied kid will ask a girl with Down syndrome to prom and everybody praises the able-bodied kid for asking this girl with Down syndrome to prom and it's, like, it's actually sickening. I hated this kind of thing before I ever knew that there was even a term for it. And then another example would be like a video of a wheelchair user and someone saying, you think your life is hard? Look at them. You have no excuse. Get yeah. up and go today. You have no excuse. So obviously, if, if you can't see why these things are sickening, I don't I don't know what to tell you. But it's really terrible because oftentimes these people in these videos and pictures, too, don't even know that these yeah. videos and pictures are going to be uploaded to the Internet for millions of people to see and like okay okay here's my thing if you're gonna post a disabled person doing something online ask yourself if this were just an able-bodied person would this be worth posting would it be worth posting this boy asking this girl to prom you know if they were both just able-bodied people or would it be worth posting this person doing this somewhat simple task you know, if they weren't disabled. That's what I say. And it's just so damaging because it further creates this divide between, you know, everybody else in the disabled community. Because it's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put them on a pedestal and they're going to inspire me to do things that I haven't done because they have a hard time doing whatever it is. But like, first of all, like, that's super objectifying. A lot of those people, especially, like, a person, like, an amputee, like, running a marathon or someone that's blind, like, doing something extraordinary, which most of the time it's actually something quite ordinary, they're (laughs) just living their lives. Yeah, what bothers me about, like, the for perfect example, the amputee running a marathon, what bothers me about that is, if you're praising this amputee running a marathon, which it, it is wonderful, it's wonderful for anyone to be able to run a marathon, Yeah. Um, but you're, you're almost hurting, what if there's an amputee out there who just can't run a marathon mm-hmm. right now, who's having, who's had, who's just had a surgery and has chronic pain and just can't do that right now, you're saying, you know, like, oh, 
look, this person with an amputee could do it. What's your excuse? Or, like, if this blind person climbed a mountain, why can't you even, like, ride a bike? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, stop comparing what one disabled person can do. Disabilities are so different. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, oh. and like, it's just, it's so damaging for so many reasons. Um, and you'll see in Stella Young's TED Talk where, like, they wanted to give her an award when she had literally not done a single thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so funny. She talks about watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and not actually helping her community. (laughs) Wait, she literally talks about Buffy in the TED Talk? Yes. Stop. Stop. You need to watch it Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I've watched it, but, like, years ago. You you guys, if you watch the first... If you listen to the first episode of this podcast, Buffy is everything to me. So I had to pause Cassandra right there on that. But that's hilarious. I'm the same way as Stella, then. All I'm doing is sitting in my room watching (laughs) Buffy. I don't deserve an award, either, if that's all I'm doing. Although, I deserve an award for how many times I've seen the show. So that's that's an award. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So it was so... So funny, though, because as we were preparing for this episode, we knew that we wanted to end by talking about uh, inspiration porn and why it sucks. Um, But Casey and I, we doing this podcast, we have learned so much about each other. um, Yeah. And we feel like we have way more in common than we ever maybe expected because we basically learned like our experience is the same experience. (laughs) We've both been part of you know some degree some a small degree of inspiration porn in our own lives but the funniest part is it's like the same exact kind (laughs) (laughs) why don't you tell your story first well so well there's okay there were two things that happened to me and actually i'm not not to spoil what cassandra is going to say but it's the same two things except different circumstances (laughs) so one one thing that i wouldn't necessarily consider this inspiration porn once again context matters there's a fine line um so when i was young elementary school we had awards day and i got the perseverance award and i still don't really know how to feel about that i think (laughs) i think in in some con like it really just depends on why they gave it to me because now we have to admit that with a disability we do have to persevere Mm. we do have to go over obstacles and barriers so if somebody tells me you know, if I actually do something worth merit and then they tell me, like, that was inspiring, that's fine. But if I'm just living my life, you know, now I would like to think I got it because of, like, my positive attitude, my work ethic. But who's to say disability probably played a part, you know? Who knows? Um, but also, I think the one that's funny. So I had an article written about me in the paper um, and it wasn't just because I was blind. Luckily, I had something to promote. I recorded an album when I was like 14 and I sold it for charity for a blind, a school for the blind that a dear friend of mine runs. So I was promoting this in the paper. However, the article was a little bit like, you know, a little bit inspiration-y with the whole blind thing. But what was so funny is I was going into a new school that next year and I had quite a few people tell me, oh, my mom saw you in the paper and told me to be your friend because you're blind. No. And this really happened. And then I actually had one girl who I actually did become best friends with, um, just genuine friends. And like six months into the friendship, she was like, you know what's so funny? My mom told me to be her friend because of that newspaper article. And (laughs) she was like, she was like, but and she she was making fun of her mom. She was like, I thought that was dumb. I wasn't just going to be your friend. But she was like, but actually we turned out being friends anyway. So now I can tell you that my mom had told me that. So I think that is definitely like one of the bad negative results of what inspiration porn can do to be like, 
oh, go be friends with that kid or ask that kid to prom or make that kid prom queen, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so I've I've had similar experiences and, like, I've won some Perseverance Awards uh, for context. (laughs) Which is so funny that we both won Perseverance Awards. We were dying (laughs) laughing. For context, though, so when I, from, like, about 7th grade through 11th or 12th grade, I ran cross country. Um, And so... Um, I might be kind of a shock. It's like, oh, but you're blind. I ran with a guide and like a human guide and like <laughs> I would wear a hat because it was bright outside. But that's besides the point. Um, there were a couple times that I did get a Perseverance Award. And honestly, I think in that context, it was kind of merited because I was a bad runner. And especially when I started out, I'm, I wasn't super athletic. I hated walking. Yeah, I wasn't really having to pers- actually persevere. I, like, I was I was not good, so I actually was persevering because it was yeah. painful to run. Um, yeah. But the point at which it became sort of inspiration porn was, one, we would run a course every year, and it was pretty far away from us, so it was like our annual teams camping trip we were always there though um and so when I was a freshman in high school I had been running already a couple of years <laughs> the school district that owned the course decided that they wanted to give me an award for persevering which was you know it was okay I guess it was just really weird because I didn't go yeah. to the school yeah, Why like they didn't just, know you. Yeah, they just saw me yeah. running with either like a, a sighted guide or wearing my baseball cap to keep the sun out of my eyes. And they were like, wow, that girl is inspirational, even though I wasn't actually that good of a runner. Right. There's a difference for sure. Yeah. And then I also that I think that same year I ended up in the local paper um, <laughs> <laughs> because I was like super inspirational <laughs> but I so your paper your newspaper article was literally just because, like this blind girl is inspirational that's all it was it was okay the title was trails over trials oh my oh wow. yeah so and it really it, it focused <laughs> on the fact that I was blind and uh. at that point in my like running career I was actually doing the best I had but it's not like I could run, like, a 16-minute 5K. I was running, like, a 23-minute 5K. So right. it wasn't incredibly blazing fast that it would be actually inspirational. But, you know, I right. guess it was fine. And, like, there, like we're not just saying, like, everybody gives us awards because they feel bad for us. There are awards we've won and accomplishments we've had that have nothing to do with the fact that we can't see. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. It's just you can kind of spot the difference sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... Just stop idolizing people with disabilities for existing. Like, yes, for real. It's, you know, it's not helping them. It's not helping other people with the same disabilities that can't do whatever thing. And also, like, I know that Casey had told the story of just like, she, what, you were walking down the street in New York one day? Yeah, I was walking down the street in New York and this woman just came up to me and was like, wow, you're so brave. You're amazing. And you know, I don't know this woman. So a, a few people that I know personally right before I moved to New York said, wow, that's a brave thing to do. 
And that's fine for them to tell me that because they're my family and friends and they know how much courage it took for me to do, as it does with anybody. It's mm-hmm. it's scary for anybody to move across the country. But if a random lady... So I'm not saying that you can't, you know, say nice things about our achievements. That's not what we're saying. If, if you find us inspirational, who are we to tell you what is inspirational? So if you're going to say like, oh, wow, you guys taking a leap and doing a podcast and sharing your story, that's inspirational. If you say that, that's not offensive to me. Like, if that's inspirational to you, that's fine. But I'm just saying the, the exploitive nature of like filming something or going up to a complete stranger, doing a normal task. All I was doing was walking down the street. That's literally all I was doing. And this woman is like, you're so brave. And yeah. I wasn't mean to her. Obviously, I was like, thank you. I'm not going to be like rude about it. But, you know, just I don't know. It's it's all about context. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also kind of comes back to like, is the source of the inspiration like pretty much only the disability Or is it because you actually think that they're doing something that's cool? Yeah. And it's good to validate how hard things are for us sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. I appreciate it sometimes when people are like, wow, navigating New York must have been really hard for you. Because it definitely was. So it's okay to validate my struggles. But, you know, it just, there's a fine line. There's a fine line. Absolutely. So. So we didn't want to end this episode on this rant about inspiration porn we no. wanted to we, we didn't have a game either so we wanted to no, do we don't have a game a quick give section. us game ideas people No, right we want to do a quick section of just what are we into lately so it could be it could be stuff we bought shows we're watching things we're doing yeah. so for me and I, i'll probably talk about this more on a future podcast episode but like i'm really into indie music meaning like alternative like small band kind of things um I just with COVID I've gotten more into it and been able to like follow bands I really care about very closely and like I get to watch their Instagram lives and you know Mm -hmm. I I think that that's so much fun and I actually I actually joined a discord server for one of the bands that I really enjoy discord is a chat app if you don't know I'm on a Buffy Discord, so no shame here. I'm so excited. I think some people were writing a fan fiction, and it was so funny. So, Oh, my God. That's, that's part of what I've been doing. Um, also, as a callback to our last episode, Casey and I talk about how much we love mini backpack purses. I finally bought myself this mini backpack I've been eyeing for years because it was finally on sale from Kate Spade, and I was super excited. And it's so cute. Oh, my gosh. It's adorable. She sent me a picture. It is so cute. And calling back to, like, our first and third episodes. um, Wow. The more episodes we get, the more I'm going to get confused about what episodes things were. But um, we talked about Doc Martin, so that's what I was going to say. So I'm doing a no-buy year this year. I won't get into all the specifics. But basically, I'm not buying things that aren't essential this year because I have a little bit of a shopping addiction. So, um, but my birthday is kind of coming up, and I have been eyeing these Docs for literally a year. What do they look like? Okay, they aren't boots. They're like the short ones, oh. but they tie up and they're black, but they have a leopard print on them on the side. Oh, that's so cute. They are the cutest things ever, and I want them so badly for my birthday. Shout out mom, hey. <laughs> um, and also I was going to say for like what I, what um media I've been consuming, I 
I'm obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender. I think it's brilliant. Um, not to be confused with the Blue People Avatar. But I just finished the spinoff series Legend of Korra on Netflix. They're both on Netflix now. And I really enjoyed myself. So that's the last thing I watched. And now I'm rewatching Full House. <laughs> it just makes, it gives me the fuzzy feels. So now I'm doing that. But I also want to watch She-Ra, which is, uh, me and Cassandra love animation and anime and cartoons. Yeah. Because like, we're adults who have lives. I know. Um, so I know she is a really universe. like progressive cartoon I would say but like I just finished it like yesterday yes. and it was so well done it was so good Ugh. exciting very exciting love it yeah for sure so that's pretty much what I've been doing I mean we can do a little segment like this you know now and every now and again telling you guys what we've been into lately yeah so let us know yeah. if you guys like what we're what we're doing and if you have game ideas for us or if you want to hear more about what we're doing (laughs) we'll let you know yep thanks guys we'll see you next time bye bye